Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Thank you very much. Good morning. How are we doing? Thumbs up if you're all right. Thumbs if you're just like this, or thumbs down if you're feeling a bit. Oh, that's good, good, good. Right, we're just going to pray. Uh, well, not just, sorry. I shouldn't say that word. We're going to pray to God and just ask him to get rid of my words and put his words in. Father, I thank you that you are our God. Thank you that you have orchestrated it for us to be here this morning. And you know the word that you've put on my heart you know the sense of responsibility that I feel around it. And Father, I just pray that you will just, I just commit my words to you. And if there's words there that you don't want me to say, shut me up. And if there's words there you want me to say, inspire me, Father. Lord, I just want to do your will in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, by the way, to those online and also in the back room. I walked through the back room. I didn't realize there were so many people in there. So I hope you're watching the TV and I'm waving at you. So yes, so, so it has been a bit of a journey. I was expecting to preach this message in November, um, the 11th, and then I discovered that I was at men's conference, so I had to phone up, and then Deb's kindly um, swapped with me, so I was going to be doing it November the 18th, and then this time last week, I found I was going to be doing it today. But do you know what? The incredible thing is, the way this has been set up, because three, four months ago when I knew I was going to be preaching in November, I, I, I need time to think about things. I like to ruminate and, and cogitate and do all those sorts of things. So I, the Lord gave me um, the word, the verse that I was going to speak on, and it's really been set up by the, the events of this last nine, ten days. You know, we all know, don't we, that the Queen, you know, you'd have to be, I don't know where, but the Queen has died. And the person that I want to, and the situation I want to bring us into this morning, is a leader has died. He's been leading the people of Israel for 40 years. He was the person that took them out of Egypt from a really dark place. I did a bit of research and found out that when the queen came on the throne, we were still doing rationing. We were just coming out of World War II. It was still, you know, fairly grim, and she came as our leader. She did 70 years. Moses did 40. And reading through the, the, the sort of period of time when Moses has died... All the Israelites were saying, oh, there'll never be one like him. Never. And aren't we here in this, this week, there's not one like the Queen. There'll never be one like the Queen. I don't know whether you put your um, shoes in people's feet when you... Your feet in people's shoes? Oh, God. I'm hopeless at this sort of thing sayings I don't do sayings but that think about them 
And I, I was thinking about Joshua when I was meditating on this. Here was Moses, he'd led the people of Israel. Think of the things that Moses had done, or God had done through Moses. The plagues, crossing of the Red Sea, it provided manna, it struck a rock and water came out. I mean, these were incredible things. God had given him the Ten Commandments, and I, I read back on the Ten Commandments this week, and it was like a special effects thing, like one of Tom Cruise things, films, you know, special effects, there was, there was wind, and there was lightning, and there was all sorts of things going on, and, my, and Joshua was just waiting there and going, oh, could you imagine the weight of responsibility on him that he'd been passed the leadership the nation was in shock perhaps they were even praying that Moses would rise from the dead stood still waiting hoping praying and probably feeling quite useless and I can imagine Joshua as I have been when I heard I was preaching going God give me a word give me a word that I can base the next few years. No, don't worry. Don't worry, my message isn't a few years. That's Joshua. And then God speaks. Wow. And do you know what he says? Moses, my servant, is dead. What? Did you really say that, God? Moses, my servant. He said, I think I know that. I mean, that's not flashing lights, lightning. What? Moses, my servant, is dead. Yeah, I know that. But then there's two words after that. And this is the title of my message, because apparently now you have to have messages that are only titles of two words long because Andrew set the precedent but God last week do you remember that yeah so this is and this is even more scary mine is called now then <laughs> and do you know what I am definitely spending too much time with people that have from Hull Rob and Andy because <laughs> now then in Yorkshire speak, now then, means hello. Why can't they just say hello? Just have to be different people from Yorkshire. Apparently God's own country. <laughs> but now then. And also, yeah, it's hello. And I think that's what God was doing with Joshua, he's getting his attention going, hello, and now then, I need you to do these things. And I, I want to just take three um, pieces um, from this little bit of interchange that God did with Joshua. You see, I think the words, Moses, my servant is dead, is really profound. When I got to thinking about it, I thought, well, that was really clever, God. Because what was he saying? He was saying first that Moses is dead, but I'm not. 
I am still on the throne. You know, you can imagine what the people were saying, can't you? Because you're hearing it all this week. It's not going to be the same without Moses. There'll never be another like Moses. No one can replace him. And you know, the problem sometimes is that as people, we start to look at the man and not the God. So we look at our situations and we look to man to solve it when we should fix our eyes on Jesus. I love Hebrews 12 verse 2, which should hopefully come up. We'll pass on that one. Sorry, that's my fault. Here we are. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and author of our faith. You know, it is so easy to lose that fixation, to start to look at our leaders, to start to look at whoever. We need to be people that fix our eyes on Jesus. Moses, my servant, is dead. So fix your eyes, Israelites, Joshua, on me. He was a great man, wasn't he, Moses? Yeah? But he wasn't God. And nothing would stop God from doing something. But you know, poor old Josh, if I'm allowed to call him that, later on, God encourages him. And I think this is really interesting because he, he recognizes, God recognizes that this is a massive responsibility. So Joshua 1, 6 to 9, says this. Three, whoa. I'm a wanderer. I was when I was a lecturer and I am still now. So yeah, verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, be strong and courageous. We need to be strong and courageous, don't we? We need to be people that are willing to do something that needs courage. When I was doing this, I really felt that this was a message for someone, this verse, and somebody needs to hear this. And Joshua obviously needed to hear it three times. Be strong and courageous. You need to be courageous. There's something, something, something has happened. It seems like it's gone. And God is saying to you, be courageous. Go for it. Go for it. Be strong and courageous. And do you know what you're saying? Or you have been saying, I'm not good enough. I haven't been, to, I didn't go to Warrior last, yesterday, so I'm well out of it. I've not done the training, etc. But I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 2. For if the willingness there is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, 
not according to what one does not have. God has put everything in you to achieve what he wants. All we have to do is say, okay, God, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, things in the past might have, well, let's not jump ahead here. But I'm willing, I'm willing to step out. And it's interesting, uh, there's a few people here know the walk I'm going on at the moment. And this has really been something. So I'm, I'm trying to live this. Well, I am living this out. Um, and it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes hard when God says to do something. But let's be people of courage. You know, I think last yesterday you were all warriors. Yeah, let's be, and I've been living this for a, a few a few months. Um, yeah, let's be warriors. Moses is dead, but I am not. Secondly, I think he was saying, the past is the past. A new chapter. A new chapter. Do you remember those times when people would say, oh, I remember, lad, when? I am definitely too Yorkshire these days. <laughs> or the classic, we didn't do it like this in our day. In the good old days. Yeah? As a youth, when I heard people say that, I was determined, I made a, a, a not a covenant, but I made a, a promise to God that as I grew up, as I matured, as I got slightly older, I would not be a person that said that. I would not do it. I would embrace whatever God was doing. And if the music was loud, I'd go louder. Yeah? If they wanted to do something, I would help them do it. I... I don't want to be a person that lives in the past. New every morning are your mercies. God has got something new for us to do. Change is hard. I remember Steve Bell, my old youth leader, saying a rut is only a grave without ends. Think about it. That is um, that is that's profound. I, you know, that's the only thing I remember my youth leader saying, but. No, he said loads of things. But yeah, a rut is only a grave without the same things. What are you doing? I, I hate it when Liz says, oh, you're getting a bit traditional. So, for instance, I like Secret. I like Pizza Express. It's one of my go-to places. I love the sloppy Giuseppe pizza. Yeah? I, and my dad... Always ordered it, so I'd always order it with him. This year, I decided that I wasn't going to order the sloppy Giuseppe pizza this time whenever I went to Pizza Express. I was going to work through the menu. I wasn't going to order the same thing every time. I was going to experience new tastes, new delights, new pleasures. 
And I've been, I don't know how many times, we've been a fair few times because my mum loves Pizza Express, so that's our go-to place for taking my mother out. So I've, 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 I'm working gradually through, I had a um, really spicy one um, a couple of weeks ago, which was great. I also, when I was doing, I wasn't going to, sorry about this people, but I wasn't going to sit in the same chair. <laughs> every week because I'd, I don't want to get into automatic behaviour I want to be someone who God says do this and I'll do it yeah it's so easy to become traditional but God, I think, with the, Moses, my servant, is dead, was saying that chapter is over. I didn't realize until about yesterday that autumn starts on Wednesday. Yeah? A new season. And perhaps God is saying to you this morning, there's a new season about to come. There's something new that God wants you to do. Psalm 39 says this, let's not look back, but now, O oh Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. We've, we've sang this morning, haven't we? More than enough. What a great time of worship. Uh, more than enough. He is more than enough. We can put our hope in him. We can put our hope in him. I think he was also saying, as part of the Moses, my servant is dead, and talking about the past, but don't let the past hold them back. Because a lot of these Israelites had wandered the desert. Some had died, but there were some kids and stuff. They'd wandered the desert for years, not reaching the promised land. Joshua 1, 2 and 3 says this. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you step, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Liz, put, uh, Liz was at HomeSense, was it, last this week? She was at HomeSense this week and saw this Thing. plaque, I don't know whether it was a plaque or a book cover, etc. And she took a photograph for it. And when I was talking through what I was doing, you know, having a bit of a dry run through, she said, oh, I've got something here. Um, and this quote that she saw was this. Don't look back, you're not going that way. That's good, isn't it? I also recently have heard in two different um, messages, somebody say something like, oh, terrible for memory. But something like, and I should have wrote it down, something like, you don't drive looking in your back mirror, in your rear mirror, whatever it is. It's that thing on the side. And you know what I mean, don't you? You know what I mean. We're friends. Come on. I'm used to speaking to kids. They just go with the flow. 
So here was God, Joshua 1, verse 2 and 3. Never get invited again. Uh, here was God reinforcing that the past was finished and that they were to move forward. And this time, forget the mistakes, forget the wandering. Three days from now, you're going to enter the promised land. You're going to see the promises. I, I've talked to a few people over the last few months who who have really felt shame from the things that they've done in their past. And we do stupid things sometimes, don't we? But do you know, God loves us. And God forgives us. And God will restore us. And often we can forgive, but sometimes it's the forgetting that's the part, isn't it? And you know, God has forgotten, so why don't we? Philippians 3, another verse 13... You know, I was thought about speaking about something else because Lynn mentioned it last couple of weeks ago on WhatsApp. But I do love grace. I do love that we're not under law now. We're under grace. And there's somebody, and I don't know who it is, but on our small group thing, has the handle Daughter of Grace. I love that. I absolutely think it's a brilliant statement because we are people of grace we are forgiven on the cross as Lynn brilliantly did last week it is finished I love it when I can say something to you know a piece of work is done I can say it is finished it's no longer a draft it's the finished thing and I can send it off and forget about it and we, can, we need to be people like this. But for one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind, today, new every morning, are your mercies. Today is a new day. The past is the past. We're in the now. And God's got our future, hasn't he? He has. He's got our future. It's all under control. Yes, there's stuff going on. But I know my God is greater than any of the stuff going on here. And he will help us and do it as long as we come to him. You have not because you ask not. Let's be a people that ask and ask and ask. And lastly, I think God was saying don't get comfortable. Moses is dead, but now you're going to have to go. Now then, in three days, you're going to move. Now it's easy to get comfortable, isn't it? We have so many gadgets. Who's got a microwave? Five minutes and we have a meal. I was remembering um, when I was a little kid going to my grand's and doing some, she'd done some washing in, I was probably six or seven. She said, come out with me, Paul. Um, and we went out into the yard and she had this ra wrangle. Is it called a wrangle? Yeah. What? Mangle. Mangle. Wranglers. 
By the way, you know I only make these mistakes to just, you know, I do know really. <laughs> oh, Father, forgive me. Um, and it took me ages with this mangle, and it was hard work. Now all I do is get the stuff, bung them in the dryer, press a button, go away, and guess what, in an hour, it's all drying, but it's brilliant, what an invention. Instant food when I was a student, pot noodles. Smash, do you remember smash potato? How I got, got through that, I don't know, but I used to like it. But the bee's knees gadget that I haven't quite yet persuaded Liz to let me have is the robotic mower. <laughs> all this, all these gadgets are there to make it easier for us. And this word that God was giving the Israelites, it says, were camped. They'd set the tents, the, the that sat here, they were comfortable. But now God was starting to instruct them to get ready, to move, to stir, to get active. You know, they might have been singing hymns, they might have been having prayer meetings around the campfire, they might have been having nice barbecues, but God was saying, no, enough is enough. Three days' time, you're going to pack up and you're going to move. That comfort is going. Joshua, let's read it. Joshua 10, 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions re ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Yeah? Three days. I don't know how many days it is for you. Perhaps God's been preparing you for to do something. And you know he's been preparing, and you know in your bottom of your heart that actually you're ready. But you're comfortable. And this, is, this doesn't need a bit of courage to move out. And I want to encourage you this morning to pack up and to move forward. You know, it's... A lot of my friends, are, I don't know, you, you may like them, it just doesn't really appeal to me, but they're going on cruises, yeah? But the Christian life isn't meant to be a cruise. It's meant to be a battleship. We're meant, you know, we're meant to be warriors. We're meant to, to really go for it. Our faith has to be worked out. There has to be activity. James 2 verse 17 says this, in the same way faith by itself it is not accompanied by action is dead. We need to be a people that know when our, it's ready to move. We, you know, the Israelites knew three days, they had three days to pack up and then they were going. We need to know when God has said to us, right, get up, go and do it. You've been at this place too long. You've been doing this. Seasons come and seasons go. I am, me and me, Andrew and Rob are doing, reading through the book of Joshua at the moment. And we were in Joshua 18. And it's 
I love Joshua 16, 17, 18. It's a, I don't. It's a geography lesson. You know, in the south there's this and this, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the guy that's doing the speaking about it does bring out some nuggets. And I listened to it this morning because, I, I, you, know, you know, when you're a preacher, sometimes you're a bit insecure and you want confirmation from God that what you've got is what you've got. So I thought, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it before I go because you're going to do something. And I'm thinking, how's this going to be answered because we're just in geography? I mean, it really is just geography lesson. I gave up geography. I didn't even do it an O level. I just hated geography. But, you know, Joshua 18 says this. And the challenge is to seven tribes, you've been sitting around too long deciding what your inheritance is, what land you should have. Get up and do it. And so they send, each of the tribes send three people to do whatever they do. But it was the thought in Joshua, I think it's 18 verse 2. How long? Will you sit here? How long will we sit here? And it was just a real seal for me that we need to get uncomfortable. God's going to make us uncomfortable. God's got something for each of us to do. He's prepared us. He might still be preparing some, but some of you, he's prepared you and he's prepared you and he's prepared you. And now you just need to be strong, very courageous, you need to forget about the stuff in the past that is holding you back. And you need to just say, God, I'm willing to move. I'm willing to go for it. I don't know what's going to happen. But God is going to do something. After close, the, I'm not sure you're supposed to have favorite verses in the Bible, but this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared stuff for each one of you to do. So let's do it. Let's as a church do it. Let's as individuals do it. Yeah? Excellent. With 30 seconds to go, I'm going to hand over back to Claire. (laughs) 